Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Finish off a series that we're in at the minute called Never Walk Alone. The whole idea of the series is to point people towards community. Everything that God has built on the earth in regards to people and people being his priority was for community. He built Adam. He made Adam. He created Adam and said, oh, Adam's not good alone. He needs a woman. Can I get an amen from the woman? He needs some help. Nudge your part. Needs some help. And so he built two. And so they were supposed to have relationship with God and each other for the rest of their life. That was God's design. But then God also wanted multiplication, so he created family. So God's design for the world we live in was always together and family. The church is supposed to be a body, a family. God's design for for man and woman, male and female, is family. Whether it's a biological family or spiritual family, the goal was always family. In family, we find protection. In family, we find wholeness. We find healing. It just works. Now, some of you are like, well, Phil, my family's a mess. (laughs) Listen, sometimes families are a mess. (laughs) <laughs> don't be nudging your, the person beside you. Sometimes life is messy, but I'm telling you the beauty about God's Word is God has given us some tools, some guidance to help bring some of that mess into order. There's favor with God. So I'm going to read the Scripture here, and this is brought in Proverbs, brought to us in Proverbs Three. Now, this, there's a scripture within this that a lot of us quote. I want to look at the context of the verse that we would quote, which is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and acknowledge God in all your ways, He make your path straight. That's all good, but let's look at the, the start of that and the end and see what is going on. Another per, some person might ask me, well, Phil, that's Old Testament. Absolutely it is. Let, let me make this point before we begin. As far as the Old Testament and New Testament is concerned, We have the cross in the center, which changes the dynamic. What does it do? It brings progress. In the Old Testament, they're sacrificing animals as a substitute for sin. Jesus came as the lamb, the animal, that was slain to deal with our sin for all all time. So thankfully, we don't have to do that no more. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Um, And so so what's going on in the Old Testament is God's trying to begin a story of redemption. He brings the Ten Commandments in. Why? To bring functionality to chaos. There's there's messes. There's all kinds of dysfunction happening. Family's not happening the way it was intended to happen. Sexuality's not happening the way it's intended to happen. Relationship isn't happening with God and with people the way it's intended to happen. So God brings in these ways of living, the Ten Commandments. Now, when we get to the cross, sometimes people think the cross means you throw all of that out. You don't. Who knows it's still good not to murder? <laughs> it's still good not to have any other gods before you. It's still good not to commit adultery. That's still a good thing, yeah? So there's things that stop 
at the cross, meaning don't sacrifice your dog or, or any animals for the sake of your sin, because that's stopped at the cross. But there's other things that go through the cross. I do not murder. But, but when they go through the cross, they go up a level. Instead of not just murdering, which is just kind of baseline, hey, let's try loving people that you don't like. God has done something through the cross that has given us the capacity to have an ability that maybe they previously didn't have because they just went to war. If you read the Old Testament, you're like, what is going on? They're chopping heads. They're just continually at war. And now we're in the New Testament, and Jesus is saying, no, actually, now I want you. It's a different time. It's a time of God's favor. I want you to now love your enemies, to break off some of those curses, patterns, iniquities, sins. It's time to go up a level. Does that make sense? Okay, so there's some things that stop at, stopped at the cross, but there's other things that go through the cross. And not just go through, they go up to the next level. Okay, we're good. We're set. Let's move forward. Proverbs 3, 1 and 10. This is the AMPC version, amplified version. It just gives a little bit more detail into what the words mean, and I'll explain that in a second. So it says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life, worth living and tranquility and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessing, they will add to you. What? Prosperity? Is that not one of those prosperity gospel kind of messages? You're, is this, this is the Bible. This is one I want, a point I want to make before I get started. Sometimes the prosperity gospel preachers have actually done some damage. But it, the problem is sometimes when they're going way off slant, like going too far and getting into the whole money game and promising you, you know, whatever, if you sow into the ministry, what, what I find has happened sometimes is we go the opposite way too extreme also. Yeah? And so we got to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Very clearly in the scripture, Scriptures, there is, there's a blessing with doing things God's way. There is prosperity in a healthy way, not for selfish gain or for greed, but for glorification of God. Amen? So I want to I tie, I think it's very, I got to be careful that we don't throw that out, because it's very clearly within the Scriptures, when you do things God's way, there's favor, there's blessing, there's prosperity in a healthy way that promotes godliness, not that promotes greed. Yeah? Three, do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on tablets of your heart. So what's this? Find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. There's favor for you, with God and with people. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's favor on you. Turn to your second favorite and say, there's favor on you too. <laughs> there's favor on you too. 
I think this is a real important point because in the westernized world and, and the church, sorry, we've always said, hey, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you'll be saved. Now, I want to make a really important point. What that looks like in our language when we say, just believe in Jesus and you'll be saved, looks like just acknowledge. If you acknowledge that Jesus existed, you're saved. That's not true. Because the word belief in context, in original context and language, it means to entrust to be loyal to, to give yourself, to surrender. That's the kind of belief that they're talking about. And we, if we're not careful, we fall short and, and fall for this kind of false surface, inch deep kind of Christianity that just doesn't work and favor doesn't come. Why? Because you don't really trust. You haven't really surrendered. You haven't really give of yourself and put your situation and your life into God's hands. And so God can't do nothing with that. God can't do anything with what He doesn't have in His hand, and He has given us free will to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Can I get amen? And so if you want the favor on your future and on your present and on your situations, don't expect anything until you're willing to surrender. Don't, don't cry out in prayer, God, why are you not changing this? If you haven't given it over to God, because God doesn't react to acknowledgments alone. That's a place to start. But what this Satan acknowledges Jesus. He believes in Jesus. He doesn't trust in Jesus. He believes in Jesus. There's a ton of religions in the world today, they all submit to the idea that Jesus existed, but they don't trust in Him. He's not the cornerstone or the foundation of their life. Amen? Verse 6, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize, so that's a part of the process, it's not the whole thing, and He will make your path straight. And smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Come on, has anyone in here got some blockages right now? In your family, in your personal life, in work life. And you need some power, you need some provision, you need some hope, you need some grace to love the unlovable, to see situations unfold God's way. You need some favor. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. I'm telling you, sometimes we're praying for blessing on whatever it is, our business, our family, our blockages internally, but have we turned entirely from evil? Because it's a part of the story of favor coming out releasing on our life. We can't do it with turning away from our ways. It will be healthy to your body. This is all good. Your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner, inner parts. How often does stress mess stuff up? Causes fights, causes arguments, stops people from having babies, causes dysfunction, outbreaks, 
Why? Because of what's going on, on the inside of our soul, it comes out into the physicality. It manifests itself into our reality. We're doing things our own way, at our own pace, going too quickly, too burdened. And refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. Honor, watch this, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all of your crops, your income. That's where some of your, like, what's the tithe about? That's what it's about. Honoring God with what's first. Remember, some things stop at the cross and other things go through at a heightened level. Then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. This all looks like favor. This all looks like God's hand upon something and something that just works the way it was intended to work. So today's message is how to find favor. Let's pray. God, I just pray and ask you to help me speak your word and bring guidance to the power of the Holy Spirit to help us all make the right next step. God, we thank you for your favor. We know your favor isn't first because of what you've done on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. So number one, favor in your function. Favor in your function. You know, how many times have I seen, heard, even myself, participated in prayer for an issue that I wasn't willing to be honest about myself? I was praying all day on the surface, God, please break through in this. Please help me. But I wasn't willing to get vulnerable, be honest with God and with people. I was just doing surface prayers. Please fix it, God. Circles. How many times have I seen people who, a lot of us, maybe you've seen this yourself, and you see a family and there's dysfunction. You can see it clearly. It's sometimes easier to see from the outside than it is on the inside. But you can see it. You're like, oh, here we go. The next generation comes and the same thing. They've given birth to children, and unfortunately, they're passing down patterns, and the pattern just continues. And it's the school teachers see this all the time. Here we go, next generation. (laughs) The disciplinarian in the school is like, here we go. (laughs) Going to have to deal with the next gen now. Same family, same problem. Why? There's dysfunction. There's disorder. There's a lack of... Of, of values. You see, I actually believe this, that in our country, because we were founded on Christian principles, even in the UK, that we're blessed because we were founded on Christian principles. There's people in this country that, that just live within the culture, affected by the culture, but they don't actually realize that the reason they're blessed, the jobs that they're in, the way we've seen prosperity in, in this part of the world is because of foundations le- left from from previous generations based on the Bible. Can I get an amen? Go to America, the same thing applies. Some people would argue that it's not a Christian nation anymore, but in its foundation was rooted biblical Christian principles. And honestly, I find this interesting as I go to different states. The ones which are more Christian seem to have more order and more prosperity within that state. Go figure. Why? There's favor. God's way brings favor whether we like it or not. Why? Because God 
designed the earth. In the Garden of Eden, there was favor, provision. Everything they needed, relationship was all there. What destroyed it? Us. Our nature to sin. Our nature to do things our own way. Knowledge, trying to work everything out. Instead of keeping it simple and just trusting in God. Leaning not on our own understanding, as the, the Scripture says. And it inherited all kinds of dysfunction. It no longer works very well. And so, so how do we bring favor back? I believe there's favor in this room. I believe there's favor on this word. I believe there's favor ready to unleash itself in your life. I believe there's blockages that have been in your life for way too long. And some people are going to make a decision today to turn from their own ideas, the evil ideas, trusting in their own understanding instead of God's, and they're going to submit and blockages will remove straight away. And you'll look back and you're like, oh my goodness, that was so simple. What was I doing? I've been there. Trust me. I wasted years doing circles in the desert of my own soul, thinking I knew better, wouldn't talk to no one, until one day I just submitted. I surrendered. Guess what came? Fever came. It just began to work the way it was always intended to work. My relationships got better. Provision came. Listen, I believe this. I believe that there's areas that you can be submitted in and other areas that you aren't. So you're seeing provision, favor in one area that you're submitted to God in, and in other areas, you're stuck. It's broken. It's not working. You're frustrated, and often that's the broken area is often the area that God wants to grow your faith in because you're scared. It's probably something you care about the most. It's probably something that keeps you up at night. It's probably something you have a dream around and you find it harder to let go because you're like, ah, I want it so bad, I don't want to give it to God. But if you want favor, if you want God's provision, if you want things to work and function the way you're, cre- remember, creator, God above all, he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, he's smarter than you. He knows he's not out to hurt you. He's not out to get you. He's not out to wound you. He's out to help you. Eve came to help all the dysfunctional men in the room. <laughs> We're not good alone. We're built to stand together. Can I get an amen? So favor in your function, we got we to gotta submit to God's ways. We see the commandments, God's ways. In the New Testament, we see, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Come on, I'll put a bit, of, a, bit, a bit of King James in there. Seek ye first. It sounds better, doesn't it? But a ye. Seek ye first. And it goes on to say, what favor? Then all these things shall be added unto you the right way. If you start seeking possessions and, and status, Listen, all those things aren't wrong in, in, of themselves. They're wrong when they're in first place. Because what's in first place is your filter for life. It's your motives. It's your desires. And if God's not in first place, I'm telling you very quickly, things get dysfunctional and begin to hurt you, begin to cause more dysfunction. And then all of a sudden you're connected to people, so it's going to affect them too. Where's God in first place? If God does give you 
influence. If God does give you money, possession, resource, well, then you've got a healthy filter because God is God. And these things are not, they're not your be-all, end-all. You don't need them because God has already satisfied your soul. He's already filled you up with His favor, and that's enough. And so you've got a loose grip on some of, a looser grip on some of those things that when God speaks, you act in regards to those things that you care about. And so favor in your function. You know how I got favor in some of the dysfunctional areas of my life was I talked to some people and told them, man, I'm struggling with this. I find this hard. Spoke to Paul Reed, the grandfather, the bishop. And I just went to him, Paul... Don't, don't look at me in you know, a certain relational situation through a normal filter because I've been wounded in this area and I need... <laughs> it's different for me. There's a bit of fear with it. There's a bit of anxiety with it. And he's like, oh, I got you, I got you. Gotcha. So you nearly need me to kind of stand in the gap for you and just give you good advice. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then I went to another wise counsel, a friend of mine, the Reverend Craig Cooney, who go out for walks around the lakes all the time. And he'd been through, he's been with me as a friend for about 15 years, and we've been through some similar stuff, and, and he just said the same thing. And I'm like, right, I'm seeing a picture here. I might need to submit to this idea that's godly, it's functional, and, and my fear's causing me to go all over the show. It's time to bring order. And as I done, guess what I found? Favor. I'm so glad I did made some decisions that put me on a solid rock, made some decisions that, that set me up for the win, and made some decisions based on together family, grandfathers, brothers in the faith who came together and gave me some advice when I was vulnerable that set me up for the win. I made the best decision of my life. Because of it, favor in your function too. Favor in your relationships, that's kind of attached it goes on to say, don't let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Who knows if you're, if you're an employer, you love it when your employees are honest. <laughs> Not nicking stuff out the back door. <laughs> Just sticking with truth. And they're kind. Have you noticed when you start, you start being kind to people, they're more willing to be kind back. People actually want to be around you more. Start asking, hey, how are you doing? I don't, just to talk about all about me, it's a two-way street. You know, kind. I'm thinking not just about my own needs now, I'm actually considerate of yours. As I start to give attention to other people in other situations, listen, when I listen to my wife, the fever comes on me so thick. I just listen, I discipline myself, just listen, Phil, just shut top lip, bottom lip, together. Listen. The fever comes. You see, the food comes onto the table after that. It's incredible. Fever, I'm not joking. Keelan knows. <laughs> fever. I just love the power of choosing love. I think we've got to be so careful in this culture that we don't fall from the narrative that love is a feeling, foundationally. Feelings of love can come and go. 
But by, if you want stable love, you make a decision to love. You know, why is it in today's world the marriages that are working seem to be... You know, there's a, in a part of the world where people just make, uh, have arranged marriages, and they seem to be way more successful. Why? Maybe it's a decision. Maybe they learned to love after making a deep-rooted decision to love. Maybe we can, we can make a decision to love our enemies. Maybe it's, you don't have to feel good about it initially. Sounds good to me. If it works. Favor in our relationships can only come when we make decisions to follow God's way. We've we got to cut the narrative that we're feeling, feeling this, feeling that all around us. It's not bringing success. It's not bringing fun- functionality. It's not bringing favor into situations. It doesn't work. It just plain doesn't work. So be careful you don't fall for the lies. Listen, if you don't bind truth around your neck, you're not going to be free. You're not going to see God work powerfully in situations. You're not going to ride the storm. We've got to be careful. But favor can be in your relationships, but it's a bit like a garden. It takes time. There's some seasons <laughs> that are just hard. There's droughts. We had a great summer this summer. I've got a hay in the grass. <laughs> but I haven't given up. It's just a season. It's, it's, we're going to get that thing. The rain's coming. Oh, baby, it's coming. The grass is growing beautifully. Same as a relationship of any kind. You, don't, you make that decision and you manage it. You come to faith, exactly the same. Relationship with God. Here's the problem. Sometimes we can, initially we might have some things are off to the left or to the right. You make a decision, I follow Christ, I submit my life, and then you manage that decision. When your feelings go off, well then uh, you've believed something, you've attached to something that is not aligned. You realign it. You bring it back into order. Number three, favor in your, with, sorry, favor in your blockages. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him, and He will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. There's favor, things begin to just work. When you bring God into the picture, doors begin to open. People just start to drift into your life. When you get vulnerable, maybe you're like, oh, I just don't have any Christian friends. Well, what have you done? If you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit, we spoke about a few weeks back, will lead you into places of the unknown. You've never went, I've never been to that group, I've never prayed before. Trust Him. You cannot get the favor of God on your life unless you're willing to get a little bit uncomfortable. Unless you're willing to go somewhere just because you sense God telling you to do it. Don't expect miracles, don't expect blockages to be removed unless you're willing to follow the cloud into the unknown, to take advice even though it scares you, to act it out. You'll just end up praying for years and nothing will change. Sometimes we say, I pray until something happens. That's partly true. But we got to remember the other side. What if in prayer God has asked you to act? 
faith and works. It's not just faith. I believe in you, God. No, no. It's a relationship. God's going to put some things on your heart. I'll give you an example. Speaking with a, a guy this week, and got vulnerable with me, released his heart to me, spoke about some things that happened when he was young. He kind of knew the point where there was a wound. For, for, for decades, there was a blockage. There was issues. And, and we spoke about it and went back and forward. And I says, well, do you want to bring the situation into obedience of what, what the Bible says? Do you want to bring it un, under submission? Do you want to remove it? Because remove it, to remove it, it's going to look like applying what the cross has done for you to somebody else. And we were talking about it, and he was saying, I can't believe God has just forgiven me, saved me. I can't believe His grace out of all my mistakes and mess that I've created in my life. I can't believe God literally has favor on me now because I accepted Christ. It's not fair. Listen, the favor of God is not fair. The gospel is too good to be true news. It's so unfair. Christ lived the life that we should have lived so we can live the life that He should have lived. And so at that moment, I says, if you can apply that same kind of grace that you've received to that person that hurt you, and what happened? The lights came on. Oh. oh. But it's not fair. They don't deserve it. Exactly. Neither did you. Give them the grace. Bless them and not curse them. Don't repay evil with evil. Just do the Scripture. Come under the truth. And you know what happens? The blockages are removed. For decades, you've been haunted by this wound, by someone failing you, betraying you. Bang. How do you maintain that? How do you keep staying free and growing in freedom? You repeat the process. You remind your soul of who you are who Christ is and what you have now to offer because of what His sacrifice has given you, grace to receive and grace to give. And you know what starts to happen? I'm telling you what will start to happen if you start to do that in your own life. Get around some people, be honest, be vulnerable, apply the Scripture, turn from evil, which is your own way. You know what's going to happen? Blockages will be removed in Jesus' name. Freedom will come in Jesus' name. Sin's grip will fall in Jesus' name. As you surrender, don't play a church. Don't play a prayer. Follow the Word. Use the Word. Work the Word. And favor will be released. It's powerful. We're nearly done. Four, favor in your finances. That was part of the scripture. I'm sorry, I have to talk about it. <laughs> I was at a church planting network there just last week, and I love hearing these stories because I completely relate. And the pastor, we actually visited his church in Sarasota in Florida when we were in holidays. We didn't see him. 
we just kind of snuck in the back door and went to check it all out. And there was an Irish pastor from Belfast leading one of his fastest growing campuses. Um, and just a beautiful building. They took a risk in faith during COVID to build this building that cost 15 million. And it's just exponential. This is a place where church didn't really have much of a pull. There wasn't many churches in the area. And they decided to start in a school, just rent it, and it blew up. In a good way, I don't mean blew up, it blew up in a good way. Like, it grew, okay? Like, what a waste of money. And so now they built a campus within seven years. Brand new facility, it's probably their best campus. Come on, the Irish. Bringing that saints and scholars vibe from the land of Northern Ireland. And, and now we were in their youth and, and their main camp. It's just beautiful. And, and the most powerful thing is that people's lives are being changed through the truth of the gospel and the presence of God. It's incredible. So he's over here then. I, I was in their church one week. He's then flying over here for an ark uh, round table with a few pastors locally. And he's sharing a story about how, I'm, you're kind of wondering probably like me, how the heck did you get that kind of money to build that within a few years? You know, how do you get that kind of favor? We'll take it, get that thing built in a year. And he told a story behind the scenes. He says, I, th- I want to share with you pastors what, what's kind of happening behind the se- scenes in regards to our buildings and how we've expanded from one church to I think like eight campuses within the state of Sarasota. Um, or state of Sarasota, state of Florida, in Sarasota, the city. Um, he said there was a scenario, we, I was talking to another pastor, and he was saying, oh, we're, we're, we've just built a building, and there's a problem with our finances and everything. The prices are going up, and we can't afford the air conditioning unit um, and the heating system, and it's, it's going to cost an extra 150000 The bank won't lend it to us. I'm, I'm, I'm desperate for help. Do you know anyone that would help? Uh, and he's like, no but I'll go and ask some of our guys on our board. And he has a lot of the business guys on the board who are you know, successful in business and protect the church that way. And they were wise at his church because they put a fund for the air conditioning unit at their church, a savings fund, just in case something goes wrong. Usually these buildings are so big, they're going to need at least 150 grand just to fix it, depending on what it is. So they had that as a savings account for their facility. And so he, he knew this, but he's like, obviously we're not touching that, uh, but I'll go and ask the guys to see if any of those individuals want to give something from their business, industry loan or something like that. So they weren't looking to keep it, they just wanted um, a loan. So he comes into the meeting and shares with his board, thinking they'll maybe take it on themselves and go pray about it from their own finances and maybe can give an interest free loan. And all of a sudden, in the meeting, the guys suggested, well, we've got 150 grand in the bank, spare. And he's like, oh, this isn't going the way I expected. So we've got 150 grand savings, should we not just give them that? He's like, uh, 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 hmm, uh, well, you want to pray about it? I will just pray about it, guys. And he's thinking, I already know the answer, it's no. Um, <laughs> and so all the guys prayed on the board, and they all thought, yeah, we've prayed. We think we should give it. He's like, what? <laughs> he says, we don't, I don't think we should loan it. We should just give it. He's like, no. He said that night he couldn't sleep. I just couldn't sleep. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I, something's going to go wrong, and the things, this, we're going to be in a mess. We're, we're going to be desperate. So he says, but he, 
he prayed about it. He's like, oh, I guess we've got to go with it. The guys overwhelmingly said yes. They give him the 150 grand. The, the account is empty for, for uh, their air-conditioning unit. He's like, something goes wrong, we're done. Fast forward a year. He got over his, he got to sleep eventually. They give the money free of charge, don't have to pay us back as a blessing. Trusted God on it. One year later, a one donation of 12 million came in, which just doesn't happen. I promise you, I've been in these churches, I studied out there. They've been praying, the church I was in was praying for that kind of building to have a big donation for years, and it never happened. So this is not normal in Florida. <laughs> 12 million the next year. And what has he pointed back to? Obeying the Spirit of God in that moment that made them completely uncomfortable. He, was, he couldn't sleep, <laughs> but they were obedient. 12 million. Why is that campus, why is that Irish guy thriving today? Because somebody in the board decided to have some faith and actually said, life is too short just to, to play games and play it safe. We're going to actually trust God. We're actually going to give him our heart at every level, no matter how small or how big, we're going to go for it. They've now got a story to tell that's encouraging us here in Portadown in Northern Ireland. I'm retelling it. Why? Because it blessed my heart. You know what it done? It reminded me of God's favor in my own life. <laughs> I can completely relate. Uh, God's done the same in my life. And listen, watch this. This isn't about money. This is about heart. Why do we put God first in anything? It's so that we don't have idols in our life. We don't want, God does not want us to have money. It's not that God doesn't want us to have money. He doesn't want money to have us. Money is just a thing. At the end of the day, it's just a resource. And so that's, oh man, I love those stories. And so we're going to finish there. You know, I was, during the week, during the week, I was, um, we were trying to do a bit of reno work. The guy's done an incredible job. I don't know if Stuarty's here, is he? He is, back corner there. Big Stuarty came in. And uh, just talking to Stuarty, he said he would help us out, bless the church that we staged. Him and some of the guys from work came in, and some of the guys from the church came in and done two nights work here. Just bless the church. Free labor. Invest. Why? Could be making money. Could be investing, making a fortune elsewhere, renovating something. Came in, dedicated their time, and we were just ripping the old carpet off, trying to fix the creaks. <laughs> Good job, Stuart. Come on, put your hands together for Stuarty and the boys. And as he came in, I was actually up on a ladder. Because I was like, we need to get those lights out. They're too, they're too dim. We need to make this place fresh. At least make it seem like it's fresh. Um, and, and so we, I was trying to attempt to get up there. I didn't really want anyone else to get on the ladder because, you know, I'll probably not claim. But you, some of these guys are rough that serve on our teams. They're burly saved. You know, they're just about saved. <laughs> and so I was like, you haven't done the course to climb a ladder yet, so I'll just go up. Don't worry about it. I'll figure that out later. Health and safety officer, we need, we need one. Come and talk to me later. Um, and so I was getting up the ladder, and it was one of those three folded ladders out the back there. And 
to kind of lean on one of those beams. It was a wee bit flimsy when I was going up, and to be honest, I wasn't very comfortable, and there was a good chance I was going to fall. I actually told them to bring the old carpet and put it beside me, so I have like a landing mat. I'm like, this is not good, guys. Like, we need another way. There, there's no favor on this. There's no favor. I need help. Like, I'm going to have to do something. We're going to have to go spend some money. We're going to have to go and do some, something different to get up there because it's impossible the way it is. And before, if you notice, the, the roof's all black just to kind of hide it. Um, and before we started the church five years ago, uh, I was up on scaffolding by myself because we didn't have a team then. It's not good to be alone, guys. It's not good to isolate, but I had no choice then. And so I was up and down this scaffolding. I was getting a good workout and just spraying the life out and then coming down and moving it and putting the legs back out and up and down, woo! And just, I was completely, you know, I was just covered in paint, whatever the color of the room was, that's the color I was. And we spray gun. And there's just, it was just hard. It was just a grind. And, and as we move forward, the same way the Old Testament moves forward to the new, I'm like, I want to build and get better. And how we get better is we do it together. And how we get better is we, we move as a family. And how, how we get, get, to get better is we share our weaknesses and our issues with, with one another. And how God works and brings His favor into our lives is, is as we work together, as we share our heart, God provides. As people step out in faith, as keep people work hard and, and work their line and walk straight and stay in their lane, all of a sudden as we come together, things just work. I was praying with the guy during the week and things just worked. Why? Because I stayed in my lane and he stayed in his. And we came together and blockages were removed in Jesus' name. Same happened the week before. But here we are practically trying to fix some things in God's house that lives are changed, that's, that's a launch pad for, for groups and for young adults and for kids and for youth. And here we are, we're trying to create a space to go up, to go better, to create a better space, to always trying to improve. And I'm stuck. But then my good friend Sturdy, he's just coming to offer his services for the stage, decides to tell me that, no, I feel I've got a... I've got a scissor lift, mate. I'm like, those scissor lifts are expensive, though, Stuarty. Like, that's like 150 a day, getting that thing. He says, I'll bring it. I'm like, no. Would you? I, how much, mate? How much? Don't worry. We'll store it at the church. I'm like, you're kidding me. Scissor lift. Like, how do you work this? Where's this? Scissor lift. I can see a lot better. This could be a new norm. <laughs> and, and as he comes in, I, I know how to climb a ladder. It's pretty simple. It's just not stable. It doesn't work very well. But as Sturdy started to show me how to turn this thing on, and, and as a wee gear stick, he says, you pull that out. Light comes on. You select move or horizontal or vertical. And then you just... Unreal. This is so, so easy. I, I, I'll be honest. Oh, yeah, we're, we're quite tight there. <laughs> so you got to be vigilant in life. <laughs> I'll be on, I, I was playing football just last week and got a dead leg. So the ladder, I was going to get up, but it was going to be like one-legged at a time. 
it was hard, it was draining, it was just no favor. It just didn't work for me. Couldn't reach. But then through relationship, through being connected, through submitting to God's way, God's house, staying in my lane, just doing my thing, trying my best, someone came along who God had blessed in his lane, and we came together, and all of a sudden things began to get easy. I'm not moving my legs at all. I'm not having to work at all. The fever. I can go where I want, do what I want. You know, you know what started to happen as I, I went up the lift? My dream for the room got bigger. What is possible now with the scissor lift was not possible with the ladder. See, God is always looking to move you forward into greater levels of responsibility, into greater levels of favor, but you cannot do it if you're not connected to Him and to His purposes and to His people, and you don't stay in your lane. If you're trying to be someone else, there's no favor on that. God only puts favor on who you are. Can I get an amen? Let me go through our series. We talked about no one stands alone. Everybody needs God and needs someone. I wouldn't be here without it. You're needed and you're known. I needed sturdy to get here. My vision has expanded because of his provision, because he stayed in his lane. Week two, we talked about we got to follow the cloud into the unknown. I didn't know how to get up here. I didn't know how to work this machine. It was unknown. I'd never done it before. But with people around me who were able to guide me, God's way, God's family, the Spirit of God leads us into the unknown. Week three, it's time to go deeper. I had to share my weaknesses. I had to share, listen, I can't get up the ladder. I can't fulfill my purpose. I can't get the job done. I'm not strong enough. I'm not talented enough. I can't get up to the highest rung. I can't make the changes that I need to make to bring things further. Maybe it's the same for you in your personal life and your family. You know there needs to be a renovation to the stage of your life, to the lighting. There's not enough light. There's too much darkness in certain areas of your soul. It's time to make a change. It's time to go deeper. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.